Missouri, Chicago, Illinois, Denver, Colorado, Dallas, Texas, Indianapolis, Indiana, Michigan, uh, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Jordan, North Carolina, Memphis, Tennessee, Baltimore, Maryland, Scottsdale, Arizona, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Buffalo, New York, San Francisco, California, Atlanta, Georgia.
stones for glory, for death, for burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that's going to save you and get you to heaven before you sleep and after you sleep. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew church and also to the Greek. But therein is the righteousness of God. You know the righteousness of God is the blood. It's that blood line. Sinner. 
live by God, say treat him. Love him and chastise him. Disobedient to parents without understanding. Covenant breakers without natural affection. Implaceable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they would commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Amen. Well, amen. I keep out your message today, you know, because again, you know, uh, for so long, we have, you know, especially, you know, nowadays, you know, I see a lot of people, you know, want to treat their kids, you know, as a, as a, as their friends, you know. You know, one thing I have a problem with, sometimes people want one want that have their name daughters or their sons, all them on a first name basis, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just can't get ready for that. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Daddy, 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 mama, they think you uh, I, I just, I just, I just, I just, just said, okay, and I, and I, and I will tell you this, that happens, okay, most times, you see, that down the road, okay, there were issues, they had to deal with, they married, so they said that respect, you know, kind of fades away, you know, and that's not heavy, so,
Welcome back to the lunch with the by Channel Commerce for a beautiful uh, Saturday afternoon in Inglewood, and I hope it's nice where you are. Uh, but I will tell you this this has been one of those weeks that a lot of people will not ever forget. Uh, and I say that because this has been the hottest week, the week on record. The last four days in a row, we have broken the records, okay? The heat, and I said heat records, I'm talking about. Not just in the United States, okay, but around the world, you know, this is unbelievable. You know, the planet has reached its highest days ever recorded, and regions all over the world endure dangerous heat. On Thursday, the record was broken at Chimogen, uh, measured at 16.2 degrees uh, citrus, or 61.16 degrees Fahrenheit. And today is not over for us here today, okay, because again, I mean, this may be another record, who knows, but right now, uh, as we're watching this, and really right now, we're now at what they call uncharted waters. Uh, you hear about climate control, uh, you hear about, uh, you know, climate change. Well, all I can tell you now is that they're having more, uh, at the North Pole and the South Pole, we have more waters uh, sliding you know, melting from, from, from the, uh, the glaciers. And uh, the water's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And that's creating a whole lot of smoke. Uh, like here in St. Louis this past week, okay, we had some very serious winds uh, that uh, in our community, make money with the Moose and Cherries, okay? Because thank God the man the Moose and Cherries. Uh, we have trees out all over my neighborhood, you know, Scott Rivers already. And uh, and I'll you know for about beautiful days, you know. So uh, so we ask, pray for people, you know, right now. Well, another force of the country right now, we're experiencing heat waves. It's a very serious thing to deal with, you know, down in, in South, uh, like down in Texas, uh, Louisiana, um, along that whole that whole southern southern coast there, is very 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 hot. And the make matters worse, okay, this fast folks you have. Sheesh, it was overshadowed as over as over 20 people were killed in mass shootings. Over 20 people lost their lives in the of July. And there were over 126 people were injured across 13 states. Plus Washington, D.C. We had 22 mass shootings across the country according to gun violence achieved. That's a website you may want to look at. It's called Gun Violence Archives. Gun Violence Archives. Gun Violence Archives. It's a website that tracks humans nationwide. And according to the statistics there, this was one of the uh, deadliest folks you had in a very long time. And I said earlier, uh, in some places like St. Louis, we had storms and damaging winds over the 4th of July. Uh, the holiday, the whole, the whole, uh, this past weekend, we had the 4th of July on a Tuesday, and some people had the opportunity, you know, to have a Monday vacation day. They had a pretty, pretty long holiday. But again, by doing that same time period, uh, you know, so forth to date, I should say, in our country, we have had, listen to this figure, confirmed 827 tornadoes. United States so far this year. There are around 827 tornadoes. And that doesn't create, you know, doesn't count you know, all you know, the, you know, the street winds and other the small things like that. 
But and also that so far we have lost seventy four lives. So again, uh, whether it's something that's taking or taking this taking you know it's toll on our country and and, and, and that's not the, the worst of it. As as we in this conversation right now, uh, the, the, the the Canadian wildfire smoke that, that uh, is right now is still coming across our borders from the north. Well, we're going to answer that right now in the uh, in Africa. Africa now, the Sahara Desert. They have dust storms now that are crossing the ocean in and out way around. Mm. All the, all the ways from the from the desert, they have those sandstorms, those sand clouds, and it's going to affect it on the southeast. And so I would say one thing to everyone out here now. Uh, this means uh, bad weather. So you got, you got a face mask. I would suggest you kind of wear it when you're outdoors because it will go a long ways in you know, making you uh, your breathing you know, and your health. Because some places you have, uh, you know, your weather report, meteorologists will tell you that they have, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 good air quality days. So to watch that and protect yourself is very, 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 very important. And also, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, cause that's, that, that's, yeah, that's always, that's a, that's a look at and be, be careful about, you know, uh, when, it, when it is taking place. I mean, it's very, very important. And also, um, uh, another thing that's, uh, that's, you know, that's taking place here is uh, uh, war in Ukraine. Uh, President Zelensky uh, is making a you know, tour right now around the world. You know, I, I think it's about 50 countries and then the NATO countries. And most recently, he visited uh, the country of Turkey. And in there, he got a, I got a president of uh, Turkey, you know, Erdogan. Now, he has been very close to uh, President uh, Putin of Russia for the last couple of years. And uh, right now, as we look at it, you know, uh, the countries that are supporting Russia now, very few are doing that now. But if you're not aware, President uh, 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 Putin is right now, he can't leave this country uh, openly, I should say, because you know, uh, the criminal courts, you know, he, he, he's a wanted man. So he can go to certain places, he can be arrested. So right now, the world is not actually you know, being nice, you know, nice to Russia. Although right now they're still taking their toll on the, on, on Ukraine, uh, they still continue to bomb it, and there's some discussion going on now. You must be speak, okay, about the type of bombs you know, that, that they could be ammunition, I should say, that our country will be supplying there. And this is an ongoing war that has continued much longer than anyone thought it would go. But in doing that, okay, it's creating a whole lot of issues. But having said that, uh, Ukraine has been much, much tougher than Russia had anticipated. And really, it's actually holding its own in some regard. And also, uh, if you're speaking about Russia, okay, the, uh, 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 the uh, uh, Russia, uh, most recently, we talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> you know, and, uh, they had like a coup d'etat, well, also the government went a large, went a, uh, Bogosian. Now, Mr. Bogosian is a uh, is a person that's uh, with the Alagard. Now, that's one of the billionaires in Russia. One of the biggest coaches. 
and he he is also the head of the uh, the Wagner Wagner Group. He's the president of that, the chief of they want to call it. And the Wagner Group is a group of group of uh, uh, mercenaries that uh, have fought and are still fighting all around the world on behalf of Russia. And I'm mean, over in South America, different countries right now. But they were the ones doing most of the fighting this past year or so. But well, right now, I think we celebrate 500 days of uh, of uh, of uh, the war with Russia right now, with uh, Ukraine and Russia. It's been 500 days. But most of the serious fighting that was taking place there was being done by the Wagner Group. And again, most times, things, things, you know, they, they became a little farther out between Russia and the Wagner Group. And that uh, that that uh, the, uh, Mr. Putin decided to, he wanted to prioritize them and make them uh, soldiers in the uh, in, in, in his army because he had a problem recruiting new new soldiers because he had a draft after this war went off about almost a year or so uh, he put out a draft and most of the young people young men I should say all them Russian. They could, you know, they, they could fly and get out flying. They took the trains out. Uh, they drove out. Uh, anywhere they could get out of there, they they left Russia. So that means he had to kind of build up his army again. And that's when uh, he decided, you know, uh, decided to uh, you know, uh, want to take over the Wagner Group and uh, make them you know, uh, soldiers in, in his army. So uh, Mr. Goshen, Decided that he wasn't going for it as we went into Russia. And this was unheard of, people. He actually went into Russia, and it was almost 120 miles from the from, uh, from, from the Kremlin, you know, where uh, where uh, power was seen in, in Moscow and had no resistance as he was kind uh, over the government. And so that's the issue there now. Of course, and now he goes, okay, uh, he, uh, he stopped you know, without the old channels of the government and made a deal, whereas he's not you no know, oath on the government, and he stood down and went back to uh, uh, Belarus. Well, supposedly he went back to Belarus. Now they're trying to find out where did he go? Is he in Russia? Or where? But this man, this man has billions of dollars at his disposal, so... He probably got his own baggage jets and all that stuff, you know. So I'm quite sure he's someplace. Listen, us around the world, okay, saying never find me, or he may be in Russia, up on up on the north, you know. But um, guys, he was a <clears throat> yeah. Oh, well, right now somebody knows where he's at, Rip. You know, yeah. Somebody yeah. knows where he's at. They ain't gonna tell them what they're doing. <laughs> no, no, they're not. Okay. Anyway, so, so, so that's what's going on with over there with Russia and, uh, and uh, Ukraine. Uh, There's a lot abroad, uh, but now this past this this, this week, okay, uh, as, we, as we speak now, a uh, U.S. Secretary, uh, Treasury Secretary, I should say, Janet uh, Yellen, uh, she's in China right now, and she's there on a, on a he's called on a peace mission. Uh, she's over the Treasury. And what she's trying to do right now is kind of you know, put down some of the tension that we have with, with China. Because right now, we're the number one in two powers in the whole, in the whole world now. And, uh, and, and, and in business, uh, in a whole lot of ways, you know, China's about a lot of real estate in our country. And so now, uh, 
the president just got uh, reelected, and so now uh, uh, there's been you know, uh, off and on. You read about this in the news, the tidbits, but the uh, Chinese government uh, have been, been kind of uh, uh, broaching or getting uh, uh, coming flying real close to a lot of our airplanes that are up, up and uh, flying on, on the borders of Taiwan. And the reason is that China wants to annex Taiwan to its country. And the reason that is, it's got to hit me out and make sure I'm right here, Taiwan is like Cuba it was to the United States. It's very, very close. And right now, uh, uh, that is a base for the United States government. The United States government, okay, is right off of the coast of China. And so, 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 and so, uh, so, uh, their president, uh, wants to, uh, do away with that. And so that's what all the tension starts initially is now, not about the other thing, but it's what's going on, okay, with Taiwan. So keep your eyes on that because now, uh, uh, they have these different, uh, uh, even in the, in the, in the war games they have. Because uh, right now uh, you have some of their ships in close to our ships in, in the ocean there, you know, in, in, in neutral waters. So a lot is going on, okay, in our country. But the good thing about this is, okay, the United States has one of you know, the largest uh, uh, armies, navies in the whole world. And so right now, you know, we all we are protected, and, and that's why we always have to pray for all of our soldiers. That's what that Rev, I thank you for you serving, and Scott, likewise. And honestly, that's what they're serving right now in our government, in, in our force, of course. We appreciate them. Also, uh, closer to home, this is kind of funny, but it's not funny. Uh, Twitter, which is purchased by uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, you know, uh, I said last year or so, uh, he bought it from Mr. Dorsey. Uh, that's uh, located from St. Louis, about $40 billion. Well, uh, uh, Elon Musk is one of the richest men in the world. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you're not aware, he's also into uh, uh, the, you know, the car business, also in one of the cars that he has. But also, uh, he's in the business of uh, putting satellites in, into, into the orbits. And it, and it's, it's satellites, you know, that I mean, it's a rocket that he used pretty much right now is, is the, the main source for the United States to get, get our rockets, get our, you know, our satellites up into orbit now. And, and not only our but also other countries. So really, he's a very, very rich man. And also, uh, his money, uh, at Twitter, you know, uh, $40 billion to him, a lot of, it's not a lot of money, but right now, He's been having uh, in the last year or so. He's kind of did a lot of things that lost a lot of people. Uh, the, 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 the people that made Twitter work, like the sales staff, well, he's cut back, he cut out half of the staff, and he let they go, changed the whole climate and Twitter around, and lost a lot, a lot, a lot of business. And he may continue making new rules every day, almost every day, so to speak. Well, right now, uh, uh, Meta, which is, you know, owned by Mr. Zuckerberg uh, from Google, well, they are coming out with their, with their own, own, own service to compete with Twitter, and it's called Thread. 
and already in one week, where in one week, Scott, you you take the gym. I said this right way, Scott. Yeah, yeah sir. I almost got over. over. Go ahead, Scott. No, go ahead, please. Am I right so far? Uh, 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 what I'm saying about Twitter and Thread that uh, that 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 Thread right now has over seven seventy million new member, new users for their service. Seventy million new people that has gone to their service already. And so now uh, it, it's interesting now because uh, Mr. Musk right now is going to, to sue Mr. Zuckerberg. Uh, so I should say he's threatening to sue. And sue them yet, okay. But that's something that right now that, that that's in the making. So again, watch that, how that goes on. And that's and Twitter right now has been one of the main stages of people communicate on your Twitter accounts. And, you know, he's he still making money, don't get me wrong. And it's still used by a lot of people. But right now, to have 70 new members are taking place, okay, and there's three and something that's uh, going to be new. And we're going to talk about it a little bit later on. We have an IT for some on the show in Spain. So this is exactly how that's, how that's playing out, you know. And, you know and, and, but right now, it's, it, you got to keep your eyes on that. And also something that's very, very pertinent to us. Uh, we talked about this the last couple of weeks now. Uh, there's still no solution. Uh, and there's possibly maybe a strike between the teams and UPS. Now, that will bring the country a whole lot of headaches because almost everybody depends on, uh, on UPS for some type of service. And also, uh, uh, with uh, the investigation with uh, Jack Smith, the special counsel for the Justice Department. Well, right now, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Walt, 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 not, not. Uh, he's um, uh, President Trump, former President Trump, uh, ballet, but he went to court this past uh, weekend, he did not guilty, and he faces over 38 counts of indictment with former President Trump. Now, he was guilty of uh, removing uh, Boxes of documents at the Mar a Lago estate as well as other places. And right now, they got all this on video. All this on video. And so this is, this has got, it's going to get even worse when it's over with. And so keep your eyes on that. Well, well you can't have a miss it because that's being talked about. Now, also, uh, former President Trump has his allies, especially in Congress now, uh, a former uh, uh, Speaker of the House right now, uh, Mr. McCarthy. Uh, is kind of in an awkward position in that uh, 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 he's now refusing to endorse President Trump. Uh, well, he wants you to title President, that's yours for life. President Trump's, you know, for, you know his, his campaign to be reelected. And so one of his, his strongest supporters uh, for McCarthy was a lady by the name of Boyce Green. Well, unfortunately for her, uh, she has uh, said some mean things about some people. And, uh, and uh, uh, Marty Green, who's a congressman from the state of Georgia, said some mean things. And, uh, and so she's part of a, a committee in Congress called the Freedom Committee. Well, this past week or so, they decided to put her out because of the language that she used on the floor. And so that's changing the, in, in Congress right now, as well as around the country. As the uh, as we watch what's taking place, and also one of the things we had to bring up here, uh, the state of Florida, the governor uh, 
Los Angeles was running, running for, uh, for president also while in Singapore, Florida. His policies right now are creating a lot of havoc because now the city of Florida is, 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 is kind of been given the, the, the title of unfinished political environment. Over a half dozen ventures have been canceled you know, in, in around Fort Lauderdale area. And also, uh, I can speak for a fact, two of our members uh, were traveling in, in that area down in Fort Lauderdale area were uh, pulled over and stopped. Uh, almost arrested because they looked like they could have been these were females because they looked like they could have been you know, uh, immigrant and so so that's a very something not good and also uh, closer to home uh, uh, one of a good good friend of mine a former Missouri State Senator represented by the question true passed at the age of 87 years old uh, last week. Uh, he's a good friend and for, for, the, uh, for the community in St. Louis. He will serve 12 terms in the Missouri State Representative. And also in St. Louis, uh, the alderman uh, make a pass, a pass a bill that's about to be passed that will kind of limit the amount of guns on the city streets. And this along with other efforts should be able to kind of curb some of the problems we have on city street with the young people carrying guns. And also in St. Louis, Missouri, and in St. Louis County, White jacket and murder continue to rise. That's a lot to keep your eyes on the prize that we all need to think about and watch where you go out. Uh, listen to lunch with the little chair commerce way, beautiful Saturday afternoon. You got eight million hours for this guy, death rail. And we right back with our special guest. Let's get out of here. Uh, she is a uh, 
trendsetter. Uh, she does some things that uh, very few people have done, and it's been she's been involved in telecommunication in the human industry for a very long time, and has did a lot, a lot of things. Presently, uh, Teresa Starwine, Starwine right now, she's in Texas right now. Uh, she's uh, she's a vice president uh, operation for GNS Telecom. Who are a member? They are members of the Midwest Commerce, so so we have to have our members. We can beg about them whenever we can. As a matter of fact, I live in Donny Green, is the president uh, of the company, along with him and his wife. So uh, uh, we are very proud of them as like business owners. But right now, Teresa, welcome to the program. Thank you. Now, did I see you? Did I ask that right again? What was? Can you repeat that, please? Did I pronounce your last name right? Um, sour wine. Okay, sour wine. Okay. Yep. Teresa. Uh, okay. Right now, Teresa's down in Texas, and uh, and she's working. The, the company that she works for now does, is a very diversified. But right now, uh, you're in Texas right now. Teresa, so tell me, Zach, what are you? What 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 is the company doing in Texas right now? So right now we're working. On- we just finished up a project um, where we were building fiber to the home for mm-hmm. a larger MSO, and we are also helping that same company do some storm damage. No, 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 you said you said MSO. You got to with what does MSO mean? Um, it's a multiple service operator, so it's a bigger cable company. Okay, um, good. Yes, and we're helping them do some storm damage where that storm that came through about a week and a half ago um, blew a lot of trees, the trees fell on the power lines, power line, you know, um, so for about the first week of storm damage, the uh, power grid was out. Once the power grid comes up, then telephone and cable TV come back in and they restore their services. So we're helping them do that right now as well. Okay, now, okay, how many crew members do you have down, down in that area right now? We've got about 20 guys here right now between fire splicers and um, aerial underground construction crews working. Um, three of the crews are over doing storm damage. The rest of them are finishing up this project right okay. here. Okay, first of all, okay, why don't you do, do us all a small favor and explain to us who is DNS Telecom? So, Donnie Greens uh, and Denise own yes. DNS Telecom. Um, they've been in the business a long time. Uh, Donnie worked for cable operators. I believe he worked for Time Warner before becoming a contractor, so he was in the operator side. Um, he's been contracting for about 20 plus years. Yes. His company and his crews over, you know, the last couple of decades in different spots. Um, to do aerial fiber and coax underground uh, direct or trenching. Doesn't matter, you know, what kind of underground we need to do. We do mm-hmm. coax fiber. I believe he does some um, electrical and some work in the utilities bit as well. Mm-hmm. Well, well I, I, I think one of the things, okay, uh, I've been on Donnie Green for about probably about 20 years my own self, okay? 
when he was here in St. Louis around uh, a team of Apaches for the city of St. Louis. And uh, he's kind of did some work, work for this work for uh, I think it was either AT and T in those days, uh, Georgia, uh, either TCF. We had all three of those days, but he's kind of uh, worked here then, and uh, and did a lot of stuff. But I will say one thing about uh, GNSTLCOM: uh, there are very few uh, minority of black companies right now out there that can compare to what they do. Would you agree? I, I do agree. Um, not only are we minority a minority company but we're also a woman business enterprise yes yes which you know from my standpoint pretty amazing yes 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 now now now, now that brings me to, to the side here okay on the on the female business at Teresa, uh you have uh you have uh, well i've been in the industry myself since Going back to uh, actually, uh, initially when the first cable first came out, okay, that's how I'm dating myself. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Matter of fact, I saw some of the first cable in St. Louis back in those days. Then I went on to become a cable compliance specialist for the city. No one saw me here in St. Louis. You know, for the ones and did it for 25 years. But in it, okay, uh, you did not see a lot of women in the industry. Would that be accurate? That would be very accurate. Actually, I was thinking about that earlier today. Um, one of my first jobs was in Teleprompter, Newport Beach, California, and I thought it was really weird. Uh, Westinghouse owned us, and they uh-huh. sent a representative from New York out to California to learn about our cable system, and that representative uh-huh. um, was assigned to me. And I took her around <laughs> the cable system, and I thought, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, that, 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 you got started back in 1978, okay? What you saw is a file for okay? So you understand how the paperwork, how to understand. One thing in the cable industry, okay, is a lot of documentation. There's a lot of files. There's a lot of permits. There's a whole lot of paperwork involved. Okay, so so you got, so you done, you know, so you sort of read it from the ground up, okay, when you say that, because you, you got to know how, how things work. Yeah, I mean, I started out as technically a file clerk and then decided I wanted, didn't like the office, and I um, talked them into letting me be an installer. Um, wasn't a very good installer, but I loved being a service tech. I was a really good service tech. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, uh, what was the hardest part, first of all, about becoming an installer? Installing the female web, that's a pretty company, yeah, how install keeping y'all so what is okay what is the process for that uh, for me the hardest thing about doing the install were you know newport beach the houses are pretty big mm-hmm. and um and back in the 70s there wasn't any training my training was okay ride with this person for two days and then here's your route go for it and get your truck yeah get your truck they go your own so you really had to teach yourself um, how to do things back then. So it was challenging. Um, because I was female, they wouldn't teach me how to climb poles. So I had to teach me how to do that because it was easier to, they call it gaff a pole, where you've got mm-hmm. hooks used, than it was to get my ladder off my truck. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
I was only an installer for about six months. And then, like I said, I'm very curious. So I'd ask a million questions. And, you know, at the end of six months, they promoted me to a service tech. And I loved, like I said, I loved being a service tech because I love troubleshooting. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the that's, 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 that's one that makes the whole business run, is that, that, that technician that goes out and figure out what goes on and how to make it right. Yeah, it was by the way, people by the way, when you Beach, okay, well, if I'm one of the one of the richest cities in in the country, or in California. It was. So that's where you, yeah, that's where you said big houses, okay. Newport Beach, you know, I've been there before. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and so now, okay, now, so right now, when you became a technician, uh, uh, then, you uh, when at that point in time, how many channels what did they have? You no, know, when, when you installed it back in those days. It, if you're an installer, you'd probably do six or seven jobs a day. If you're a service tech, you'd probably do 15, 16 jobs a day. But cable was a lot for that. You know, when I started in cable, we only had 16 channels. Um, <laughs> HBO hadn't even launched yet. We had to build the first light dish to pick up HBO. Um, mm-hmm. It was a lot easier then than it is today. Okay, now so now HBO came out. That's when I kind of got involved. So I was on HBO back in those days on the satellites. Uh, and that's how I got into the internet myself. Now, back in 1981, okay, uh, you know, uh, you was you was designing. You followed a team that was designing cable systems. So you came from being a clerk, being a being a installer to a technician. Now, you, now you designed the system. How hard was that? I had a very good mentor that sat down. You know, back then we designed with a calculator and with pencil. Yeah. And I right. sat down and taught me. And by the time I was 19, I was building cable systems. Wow. Yeah. That was unbelievable. Yeah, that was, was unbelievable. Yeah, it, it was fun. And I, I feel like I'm, I was incredibly blessed back then because I fell into the job that I absolutely love in an industry that I absolutely love. I fell into mm-hmm. it at 10 years old, which is ridiculous. I mean, who does that? Mm-hmm. So I've been incredibly blessed. Okay, so what are some of the systems that you did you have with all the years? Oh, geez. There's too many to, um, a lot of, so my first port well, my first 14 years, I basically worked in Colorado, Florida, California. I helped build a lot of the Orange County and L.A. systems, uh, Seal Beach, okay. uh, Hawthorne, Torquedale, um, Lawndale. Uh, I built a number of SMAP systems in Florida and in the um, West Palm area. Mm-hmm. I did work for a little bit in um, Colorado, but I've worked in cable systems all across the country. Um, well, well, one of the things, okay, that they would say in those days, you know, still today, that uh, you almost have to call, you'd be a gypsy because right now, you know, in the cable business, you know, you got to go, you got to be able to travel, 
how, 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 how does that affect your personal life? Always on the road. Well, I can tell you my children would tell you it was very difficult on them. Um, I was a single parent for most of my young to um, in their 20s lives. Mm -hmm. it, so it was very hard on them. I, and you don't really have a personal life outside of the job and mm -hmm. the house kids. Right. So, um, luckily, I, in my 40s, I met somebody that liked having me travel a lot. <laughs> so, okay. And really didn't feel threatened by my job or my career or my passion for what I do. Yeah, that was another thing I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, uh, Teresa, because for what you were doing, okay, you were like a, a giant in a man's world, to be honest with you. And I, and I was getting into myself, okay, and I saw very, very few women that actually, that actually did the work, okay? You know what I mean? You know, we actually, actually climbing the poles, we actually doing the troubleshooting, uh, uh, we actually design a system. It was, I, I, in fact, you're the first one I know right now uh, in my career that, that did all the things that you did. It's, um, there were a couple of us. I've met a lady who, her, they actually started one of the very first cable systems in the country. And I was listening to her. I was at a conference in Washington, D.C. And I was listening conversation and when her two partners left I said excuse me ma'am but I apologize for listening on your conversation but can you tell me your name you do um, so she told me back when they started the cable system she would do the accounting and her husband would go and run the cables and in, when they got backed up on installs and the accounting was done she would go out and do installs so she was actually out in the field before I was and there's not that okay. many that have, you know, have been um, back when I started there was a handful of us now you know, we started years ago probably 15 years ago through the Cable um, Telecommunication Engineers we started a women's mentoring program where you know some of us old gals would mentor young ladies that you know wanted to get into the engineering or construction side and weren't quite sure how to navigate the waters um mm -hmm. that's been a really successful program so mm -hmm. there's a lot of women in our industry today that will get out in the field and do exactly what mm -hmm. we do um what mm -hmm. my good friends watched me do it and she told me years later she said you know i figured if you can do it i could do it too so, you know, uh, okay. my path, and you know, it's it's it. You know, was it a tough road? Yes. Is it still tough sometimes? Absolutely. I still run into those build that I don't belong out here. But you know, I'm, uh, I guess right now, Teresa, uh, on the crew right now, okay, the green and sun of the crews that you have right now would be down in Texas. How many uh, on that crew? Females. None. We have okay. a person. 
you don't see a lot. Um, <clears throat> the, well, there's more than there used to be. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, now, also, now, when you, you first got started, okay, you know, one of the things that you, know, you and I both can tell you that there's been uh, a lot of consolidations in, in the company over the years. The smaller company has you know, about a little bitty company and vice versa. And yes. so right now, one of the noise coming at night is, uh, you know, give my operators, I should say, the operators right now is Comcast. So yes. how, how did you, how did you, you know, being that Comcast house using California, okay, and you know, Comcast was on the East Coast, how did you guys come together? Well, because um, when I was in California, I worked for Group W Cable, and Comcast yeah. bought Group W Cable. We were the only California system that they had. And I was actually running um, their construction department for Southern California at the time. Wow. And, yes. But I always knew as a kid, I always, well, once I got into cable, my goal was to be corporate engineering. Um, mm-hmm. To be corporate engineering, you've got to be in Philadelphia. So when John mm-hmm. Cope came up in on the East Coast, then I for them. So I ended up in New Jersey as the tech ops manager for their Burlington Bordentown system in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And so, but they had bought the company that I was working for. Okay, so now, so now you became, uh, I guess that's one, one, of your, one of your goals was to become a tech operations manager. Now, what all does that entail, in the, in the, that title, what, that, what do you do? You just run the, you run the cable system. You get the you know you're running the installation group, the warehousing, the converter room, the construction group, the um, service techs, the line techs, making sure that you know the head end, which is the source of all your signals for the cable system, is you know at peak performance at all times. So, Mitch, why don't you have to Spain to? We're gonna have some fun here, okay? Why don't we have some fun here? You know, and, and do some education, okay? Exactly. What is the head end? The head end's the brains of the cable system. So, you've got satellite dishes outside that receive channels from the obviously the satellites. You've got a tower mm-hmm. out the antennas on it. All of those come down into cables. They go into the head end, and the head end processes it. So back in the day, we processed everything analog and put it, you know, then you take the channels, you combine them, put them through an amplifier, put them out as RF uh, radio frequency is the signal that goes out on the cable lines to distribute it through the cable system. So the head end is the brains. Okay, and, and, then, and then from there, they connected that to the homes. That's correct. Okay. And then there, there was where you had uh, your channels, and you had, and you had uh, content where you had uh, CNN or uh, Christian Network, uh, whatever channel that you wanted, they had to go through the head end and then go out to the, uh, to the, to the, to the consumer. Yep. Yeah, we collect them at the head end and then combine them and then put it out on the distribution. The distribution feeds the customers. Okay. Okay. Now, now okay. Now, uh, that was then. Okay, when they were using really uh, coax cable, which is which is, which is no voltage cable. So right now, uh, 
you had maybe what about 40, 50 challenges at that time you were, you were actually you know, dealing with, would that be accurate? No, by then we had a couple hundred channels. Okay. And I remember a gentleman by the name of John Malone, who in those days was one of the creators uh, of a TCI, uh, uh, the TCI cable. And he just went big to go ahead. I said, yes, I know Mr. Malone. Are you know him? Yes. Okay. And he was, he was in those days, was called Mr. Cable. Would that be accurate? I believe he was, but I worked for Mr. Roberts at the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then with this, with Roberts here in St. Louis? No, um, Ralph Roberts is Comcast Philadelphia. Okay, okay, okay. So right now, okay, uh, you no, you work with John Malone in this, you're right now with, with all the, so the, the major owners right now, so, so the, the, I guess you call the titans in the industry. So how is that with you? In, in that position, okay, making those decisions, how were you, how, how, how were you, what you received by all those guys? Um, I think quite well. I, um, did a good job for them. So, I believe I was fine. Okay. And, and again, in that, in that position, you saw very few females again. There were very few, yes. Yeah, the East Coast yeah. took, Go ahead. took the East Coast a little while to warm up to the idea that there was a female tech manager in place. <laughs> California was a, was a little bit more, well, I more liberal, more liberal. More liberal. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's they were more liberal. Okay. Well, they were used to me, you know. I started. Well, no, 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 no. That was your home. Well, let me ask you a question. I, I know I have not met you face to face, okay? But, but, but how tall are you? Five eight. Okay, okay. Okay, so so you were not no little bitty woman then. So you know you were tall and little. Some guys, you know, average height, so it's... Yes. I, so I was then, tough. Uh, I, I was tough. Okay. So why don't you tell us some of the, some of the crazy story that, that you had to deal with, you know, you know, in a, you know when you, well, when, when once you got into a position, okay, that you were actually the boss, okay, of all the technicians as the operations, you know, technical operations manager that, that ran, you know, the whole operation from the installer to the technicians. How, how, does that, how does that make you feel when you finally accomplished that? You know, um, dealing with challenges of being female, I've dealt with my whole career. Um, mm -hmm. And I made a, a point to learn everything I could about everything I could, because mm -hmm. whether they want me there or not, mm -hmm. once I start working and once I start talking, they're not sure what to do with me. They just <laughs> kind of look at me and say, how could you know that much about that and still know that much about that? But because that's what I do. And I have no problem, even when I was corporate engineering in Philadelphia, I have no problem getting out in the field and 
with the guys. I support um, the Society of Cable Television uh, Telecommunication Engineers. We're, we're pretty much we're a training arm for the industry, and uh -huh. I join every board everywhere that I live. They're they're uh -huh. really regional chapters. I join uh -huh. every everywhere I live because one, I like to know the folks in the industry uh -huh. that live in the same area, and I. I'm a definite proponent to training and mm -hmm. sharing information and mm -hmm. working with people. And I have absolutely no problem getting out in the field and working with the guys. Um, my job before I came to work for Donnie was in sales. Mm -hmm. And it kind of shocked my customers when I would show up and actually install their equipment for them and explain it to them uh -huh. uh, and train them on it. So I guess I overcome the challenges by trying to be the best partner that those around me can have. You, you know, you know, you know so reason, I, remember, I recall when I, was, when I was working, well, back in the days, so to speak, that one, one of the things is that uh, most of the guys out there, because I was considered, you know, on the on management end, you know what I mean? And and you know, and and although I worked in the schools that trained the sorrows and you know did all that all that stuff, I so I knew the industry okay. But but the guys out there were they were they were not too quick okay to share information with you. I mean you know it's like you know, they trust the information is power. I'm not going to deny that okay. But and that would give you the leverage okay to get you where you are. That would be accurate. Yeah, and I think the cable industry, the reason we did so well and grew so fast is yeah. because we do share information. You know, whether yeah. I work with your company or not, I may have a, hey, I may have solved a problem that you're yeah. experiencing in your system. Right. Or you may have solved something and I need that information. And, yeah. you know, I think that we are, at least from a technical standpoint, we're yeah. just that we do talk to each other. We, you know, most of us, because you could not learn this in school, you know, because the technology was so new, we learned, we learned it on the job. And, you know. Okay, I guess what I was saying to you, I was saying that they wouldn't want to share with anybody outside the industry, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, no. We don't industry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, you know that you know. It, I remember a lot of times I would have meetings and uh, you know, in you know, the office, you know, in the hall, and sometimes they were surprised. Okay, particularly would be very surprised that I knew so much about even to my own self. Okay, and they thought you know, you know, yeah, I'm trying to say I did, but I had worked with the solos, You know, I worked with the technician. You know, I mean, I you know, got them through school and, uh, and you know, we had all the technology. Why do you think beside the pole, okay? So I understood the language what they were talking about. Uh, they always would tell you, you know, this is too complicated and he would, would, would take that would take that okay and you know and, and, and take that as facts, but once you understand it, it's not that difficult. Because it's the same everywhere you go. It should be the same process all over again. Yep. I agree with you that. Know, and, you know, okay, you know, and, 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 and that's the part that people didn't want to, didn't understand. And I guess right now, Teresa, from, 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 uh, 
from now on. Okay, okay. That's, I'm, I'm, that's, I got it here. So you were saying that you were you 40 years old and you got married. Okay, that's it. Your career from there. When you got married, what, what happened? Well, tell me about your husband, that, that he was the type of man was that intimidated by you. No, he really wasn't. Um, he was 6'6". He was... Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> he played for the Flyers. So okay. um, he was a professional hockey player. Okay. And, you know, he had his own life, and he, you know, um, he supported my career. And, you know, by then the kids, my kids were grown and gone. And mm-hmm. um, I was contracting by the time that I met him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, I, I would spend 30, 60 days. No, that does that mean, that mean you, you had your own company, am I right? No, I was working for a different contractor. Okay. Yeah, I had actually, because of the amount of hours and having teenage kids at home, I actually had to leave Comcast to quit traveling. Okay. And get my kids raised. And um, so while I was doing that, I went to work for a contracting company. Um, okay. I did not travel until my kids were, you know, on on their own again. Okay. And then once they were, then I went back to traveling. And But mostly if I was gone 30, 60, 90 days, it was because of storm damage, whether it was Katrina or, you know, you know, we're the ones that go in after hurricanes and put the system back together. So. Um, okay, yeah, okay, one time I did, okay, Teresa. When you said you used the word uh, storm damage, uh, which right now uh, in the industry we call it well, storm chasers, you know, the people that chase the storms or the tornadoes. Exactly, exactly what all goes, what is required, I should say, of a film. How many women do you see doing that, by the way? Um, there's a few. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, there are challenges to be on the road constantly for women, but that doesn't mean that there aren't those out there that figure out how to do it. Um, well, I, well, I admire you, okay, for, for, you know, for you know, to taking the time to be a good mother and raise your kids, okay, you know, and, and, and so I guess Mr. Putin, I have to ask you, how many of your kids followed your lead and got into, into the gig industry? Uh, the truth is, I wouldn't let any of them. Oh, okay. Well, why not? You know, it took, oh, it's a t- especially in the beginning, it's tough. I mean, for 16 years, I worked seven days a week, 24 hours a day. I mean, just, it's a wow. tough um, My kids, when they were young teenagers, knew how to, mm-hmm. we had, distance because when I was building fiber networks I was actually doing all the engineering of them as well so my kids the wheel from pole to pole and read the pole numbers off to me and the size of the pole oh, wow. who owned it and you know spend <laughs> with the on the weekends you know it's a great life for a teenager <laughs> but <laughs> I, I really yeah. did not follow my path I fell in love with cable when I was 17 years old I wanted mm-hmm. them to fall in love with whatever they wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so 
I have three children. None of them followed my path. I have two, two and three-quarter grandchildren, and I doubt they'll do cable either. So. Okay. Well, we, you know, Teresa, I have, I have three girls, okay? And uh, and none of them, you know, actually, they all get, uh, I'm, I'm like you, I want them to do what made them happy, not be like, be like our, you know what I'm saying? And and and, the, and, I, and I will admit they all chose their own path, okay, to do what they, what they want you to do that made them happy, and they all successfully in their fields right now, and they're, they're happy married right now, you know, and and they didn't get an industry like that I've got into, okay. <laughs> so I don't understand what you're saying there, okay? Because yep. it's not a life, okay? You know, uh, you know, like I said, seventeen hour days. Uh, like right now, I know here in St. Louis, uh, I, uh, uh, most recently, this past Saturday, I did a show like I'm doing now, and I do my show at 5 o'clock also in the city, that we get to Kansas City. And then evening, about 10 o'clock, about midnight, my service was, was out, out of the storm that, that Friday, that Saturday night. And I was without service until uh, 4th of July at 10 o'clock. And, and, and I saw crews, okay, from all over the country out here in my neighborhood, you know, you know, I'll talk to the, you know, you got the lime or the tree trimmers, okay? And I always say, you know, where you say, where, where are you from, okay? And they were from all over the country. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I can understand, okay, that that's not a life, okay, that you want your kids, you know, it's just some of the holidays with their family, with you, their family. And me and now, you know, hotel someplace, you know, with some guys, Climbing the poles all day long, I mean, you know, take, taking the chin. And also, you know, we, we forgot that in those days and like today, although it's, it's low, it's low power voltage in, in a cable line, but you still have a certain risk that goes with okay, because you're around high power line. I think about some of the risks that, that, that that's associated with your business. Well, with the storm damage, some of the risks that we that some of the challenges. Yeah, with the storm damage, yeah. Yeah, the challenges are, you know, the guys have to be very careful. We are low powered, and if it's a fiber line, there's generally no power on it at all. But uh-huh. a, an actual power line, secondary or primary, can fall down and lay on your cable a mile down. Yes. And that electrical mm-hmm. current is going to run through your cable. So if they're not extremely careful, you know, mm-hmm. water is a wonderful conductor. It could be laying in a pool or next to a lake and into mm-hmm. electrical current through the whole area. Mm-hmm. So the challenge is making sure that the power company has everything off the ground, off of your strand. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so. I really believe that's the biggest difficulty. Um, we generally lose someone, or you know, in the past, as yes. we lose somebody every storm because these guys are, you know, storm damage. And this is why a lot of the guys will only work storm damage. It pays really well. The company mm-hmm. that pays gets the most crews, gets their system back up the quickest. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these guys. Do chase storms because they can work three months and make enough money to support their family for a year. Okay, okay. Um, well, just for a second conversation, give us like the average 
no, 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 the uh, no, uh, hourly wage they'd be paid in some cases. Well, when you're doing storm damage, it's a unit. It's generally not hourly. Picked um, right. by units, um, depending on what the task is. I mean, you treat this kind of, it's kind of funny, okay? But as we have a conversation right now, okay? I have a hammer and you need trucks out in front of my house, okay? Still doing storm damage. It's in, the, in my neighborhood, and I got three trucks right now. Four trucks right now that's on my block. You know, you know, you know the here now that's still doing storm damage right now. The storm we had last year. And so, and so that's that's you know, that's that's going to show you, you know, how long a person goes out. They're not sure when they could be get back home. That's that's correct. And and wow. it's, it's it's crucial. I um I was doing storm. I was managing some crews in New Orleans after one of the hurricanes, and my in, my tech there ran out of a certain kind of material. I, so I told him, come back to the warehouse and pick it up. And he's like, I can't. I said, what do you mean you can't? The customer literally moved her vehicle and blocked him in so that he could not oh. leave until her service was back on. You know, because you figure this is how they get information on what's going mm -hmm. on around them. Right. And I, I, I told him, no problem. I'll run the parts out to you. But she literally blocked him in. Yeah, I know. Well, I've seen that on my, on my block, okay, uh, some people, some of my neighbors, okay, uh, you know, uh, and, 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 and like I said, in, in, in during that time period, the heat makes you do certain things that you normally don't do. Yeah. Yeah, the heat oh, wow. and no information. Well, 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 Teresa, well, right now, Teresa, you and I can we working together for a million years to come because Don and I do some things together, okay? And I hate to have tried to know hate time Missouri here you know, in St. Louis. Here's up I'm in Missouri and 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 it's some of the education on some of the stuff like that. And uh, you and I be talking more about this one uh I wanna thank you for taking the time on your busy day, okay? Okay, you know, to take the time today to know some visit with us on lots of spectrum and commerce and share some of your stories about life, okay, and educate us about this, and you definitely would be back many, 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 many more times, okay? Anything you want to say before you leave us? No, I appreciate your having me on your show, um, and um, I appreciate Donnie volunteering me. <laughs> okay, okay. It was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, right now, uh, this is funny, I'm on the air right now, and they're going to my back door with Teresa, I want to thank you so much right now. Okay, we got a lovely yesterday right now. Uh, but uh, that's Teresa Sarwine. That you right there, Sam? Yes, it is. Teresa Sarwine. Thank you. Uh, okay, thank you, Teresa. I love you. And we'll be talking at last week. Be safe. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, next night, we're going to have to have a lunch on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Thanks, our folks. That's Teresa. That's God. That's real. That's real.
you listen to a lot of them, too, like your comrades on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Uh, you got the eight. I mean, our folks host along with uh, Reverend Alan Loud and Scott Owen. And today we are more than honored, okay, to have one of my very good longtime friends, Mr. MC Richardson, as our guest today. Uh, Mr. MC Richardson is a legend in his own time. Uh, he started uh, one of the, you know, the United Minority Media Association is the oldest black media association in the country. It's, come on back, he started, he started, he started about, uh, it's going on 15 years old uh, this year, right, MC? Right, I'm glad you said a uh, legend in my own time, because I wonder about that a lot. <laughs> well, when you're a legend, okay, so right now, you see, just no, uh, tell us a little bit about what, what, what you and what it does and who you may is. Okay, you and I, Minority Media Association, was incorporated in the state of Missouri on August 28, 1974. We were founded May 11, 1974. And the main objective is to get more minorities who have been left out into mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And by doing it, there was only two entities besides Ewan that started this organization, and that was KPRS and the Kansas City Call. And then Yuma. Okay. So we've got, we have a few people with the Kansas City Star as employees. So we brought them together how we could probably hook up and get the word out because there was not too much communication between the people, just a very few that was in the business. The two major black entities was the KPRS and the Kansas City Call. And then you had humor that we comprised of different people in school, with education, with experience or whatever. So we brought them together in order to increase the participation of minority and multicultural people into, we're talking about broadcast, we're talking about journalism, advertising, public relations, marketing, and any related media areas. Now, you know, you see, when you, see, when you, when you say uh, KPRS, okay, tell us about their history, you know, uh, no, them legendary history, who they are in the industry right now. Well, KPRS now is called a broadcast. And, yeah. and they are the, they were the first black-owned radio station west of the Mississippi. If I if my notes are right, I think uh, black radio had its uh, establishment in, in Atlanta, Georgia. But speaking of today, it started out with two or three states, and my, as my understanding, Carter Broadcast has four radio stations. So yes. that's quite an accomplishment here in Kansas City for black or ethnic radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, matter of fact, in the Carl newspaper, you mentioned them also tell us a little bit about the history of the Carl newspaper. Right, the Carl newspaper was one, as a matter of fact, uh, the first woman that so happened was a woman of color, Lena River Smith. She worked for the Kansas City Call, and she was able to crack the barrier 
work for WDAF TV. So she was the first woman and the first black to break into television here in Kansas City. And now what are you with that, yes, you recall? Now we're going back there, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Well, we were in 1974, so it had to be two or three years of property. I, I got information around here, but I didn't have it bring it out. But she was yeah, back in the, uh, uh, in the 70s. Yeah. Well, that's when I tell myself, okay, I got into a radio myself, okay, around about 1976, you know, since you're here in St. Louis, KBDY, where I became the, the youngest black general manager in the country back in those days, my own self. So that was about the time and, uh, that blacks were starting to get into radio. Now, also now, with KPOS, okay, uh, they are a legend, you know, that's a quarter broadcast itself, okay, that's a family that you were very intimate with because you were know, the, the whole family, <laughs> you know, yeah. Today, you, you guys should call them, all right? Right, but uh, let's, uh, let's back up on uh, KPRS, uh, Color People Radio Station, a lot of people would say. Uh, that really had its uh, start in Kansas, okay? Then they moved over to Missouri, and they had a guy they normally don't mention, but Ed Tate, and they mentioned Psyche Pate, we both that they were married. They started KPRS in Kansas City, Missouri, from the state of Kansas. And they had it going for a long time. The present owners, uh, the Carters, uh, they came uh, came way past what, when uh, we're talking about Ed Pate, we're talking about Jimmy Jones, we're talking about Psyche Pate. We're talking about people, we're talking about Chuck Moore, we're talking about yeah. people that they used to have a request show every day at 3.30 where people in high school, they would try to jump out of class just to hear the request show or make their request. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, another good friend of ours passed away, T.M. Richardson also was back in the days, I mean, he was one of those pioneers was going, going on, you know, there was also a part of you back in those days, you know, matter of fact, I know in those days, uh, uh, I became involved with, 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 uh, well, with, with we met, I should say, with the National Black Media Association, am I right, MC? Right, right, that's, uh, now, that was on the Courier Marshall, Civil Springs, Maryland, but Tim Richardson, have work with it. Well, he was wind out of high school. That was a rival, not really a rival, but that was one of the top uh, schools in Kansas City. And mm -hmm. Tim Richardson had a real good background and he's a very talented. He started uh, and they got him in the TV, they got him in the newspaper, and he made quite a mark on. And the fact he established, I don't know if he established the name, but with another person in California called the Action Reporter, that was given to Tim here in Kansas City, and everybody knew the Action Reporter, and he would just mm -hmm. crack cases and things. Mm -hmm. No, he was, he was, he was a hell of a guy, you know. Well, you know, he was a hell of a guy, you know, and I thought we, 
kind of traveled together to D.C. and back in the, in the Congress. In those days, because I was in charge of the St. Louis market, you know, I met Troy, I got out of met, okay? But uh, he found me, I found him, okay? And uh, he asked me to, you know, share with you the market in St. Louis. And, and the first part, he gave me a sort of minus. And I said, I'm imagining this time. Mr. Richard, you are, do uh, you, you, okay? You was in charge of everything west of the Mississippi, am I right? Well, I repeat what you said, sir. Okay, in those days, you the that's my media association. I said, you was in charge of everything west of the Mississippi for the most part, except for Oakland, California, am I right? Right. You know, we have in Oakland because of, because Petrullius' brother was out in Oakland. But all the states, you know, west of the Mississippi, okay, uh, they were, you know, he was the person. And, and in those days, people understand, the National Media Association, if you was in radio, newspaper, television, and then cable, okay, uh, uh, and that's when minority, minority, being a minority, okay, uh, you could go to, uh, to the radio station, they would have minority, minority personnel, be on the air and uh, they news Okay, let, let, let's go. Let's go back to Corey uh, Marshall. Corey sure, uh, Marshall from Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, I guess, a famed photographer. Mm-hmm. So he started, in fact, when the uh, humor and then uh, uh, what is it, what we call that uh, the Black Media Coalition. Well, what happened, he, uh, they got together, and that's how the formulation of the National Black, uh, Blacks and, and Journalism. But they're about, in fact, they were 18 months uh, junior to the United Minority Media Association, which uh, the Black Journalists had their initial start in Philadelphia of people in the workforce. During that time, Unless you worked in uh, journalism, they didn't accept people in public relations. But oh, now no, they no, did. Oh, no, oh, no, no. Oh, yeah, I know that for a fact. Yeah, yeah. But then after that, uh, and now they, they started getting a lot of people in television because that gave them a lot of visibility. Mm-hmm. And, and that they got the start. And at that time, you had the, the biggest uh, sponsors were other radio and TV conglomerates. They took care of all the initiation. But nowadays, the people in those professions have the opportunity. They have to do it on their own now. They don't get that corporate sponsorship like they used mm-hmm. to. Now, you see, correct me if I'm wrong, but the young lady that's on Fox News right now, uh, Miss Faulkner, and she's come to the United Minority Media Association. You said uh, the Fox Association? Yeah, yeah, with Fox News, uh, Miss Faulkner, you know, she's... Uh, oh, okay, yeah, now, they are, they are sold the station so many times, I forget the name of it now. She's with uh, overall Fox, uh, Harriet uh, Faulkner. 
Brett Herring, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was. She's one of one of one of the one of the little proteges, for lack of a better description. Okay, that came out of you. Well, she was around at the same time. We had we had rubbed shoulders. I guess real close that she was a member, but she uh, at that time Channel Four had changed ownership. Like it was so many of the stations would do it at a moment notice. And she's up there with the major Fox News. Now, they only call it Fox News. They might call it locally, but they call it WDAF Channel 4 now. Right, 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 yeah. And, you know, one, one of the things, MC, I, you know, in those, in my fact, even today, uh, I'm happy that I said that in your own time. You have successfully uh, have people that, that were members of Yuma then your kids came along and you got and you got them jobs in, in the media also. So the same way you got their parents into 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 the into the industry also, am I right? So so to speak. Well, I can think of one right now, uh uh Candace Owen uh Candace Price, you know, uh can't can, no we call it candy over uh Price well, you had a, a Daisy Price that uh, married to Carl Price uh, was the one that really developed my mic. That was uh, minority youth majored in communication. She was the one that was uh, very skilled in the production side of the media. And they used to put on different spring shows or whatever, and they they call it the inner city uh, then, where they would go into uh, junior high schools or whatever, and they would expose the people to what the uh, makers are, all the things that made up broadcast and journalism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's why I said, you know, media, I mean, you know, in Kansas City, uh, in the National Minority Media Association, you know, were very, I was like, you know, went hand in hand. You know, I mean, you know, and if, you, if they weren't part of you, okay, they were, they, they had, they had a family member or somebody that, that they were associated with you, you know, in, in the Kansas City area, you know. Well, they, 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 they gave us that credit that uh, in order to, uh, that we really, made things happen as far as uh, people of, uh, now they say people of color. It was mm. black then, but we was the one that set the course for getting right. other people inspired radio and TV and newspaper to get more people into the profession. Yeah, I know, I was fortunate enough, okay, to be, to be, to be uh, with you for years, and I also got a flag right now so some years ago, you guys, I was, I still have it, you know, in my home, okay, and I know I, I got some other titles that you gave me, but then we go back at least 40 years, when you said three things, Well, I think you might be uh, fudging a little bit, but in the same token, it might be a little bit before 40 years, uh, we used to <laughs> okay. meet with the National Black Media Coalition, Matter of fact, we had an initial start. Uh, you had the opportunity 
for us to get closer that you were took uh, the opportunity to be part of our suite. And that uh, that happened a few years. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, in those days, when we got there, okay, we uh, we had, had, had our suites in, in, uh, in D.C. for the conference, okay, which were very much, you know, we had a great time together, you know, so, but I guess, MC, one of the things, okay, about that, 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 that was with humor right now is that you still have a radio show that you started coming, guests would come to Kansas City. Tell us about that. Okay, how that started, um, I uh, was trying to uh, do a show and guess who's coming to Kansas It really came from guess who's coming to dinner. And then a few months ago, they said how that became a reality. It was a guy of African descent, and he was in love with this uh, Caucasian woman, and the, uh, her father was part of the Johnson administration. Now, I'm trying to think of his name, but he was there, and he did not want, he thought he would lose his job by uh, messing with, I guess, a Negro. But they got, uh, they got married in Sydney, 48, Spencer Tracy, uh, they started guess who's coming guess who's coming to dinner mm-hmm. and, and from there okay guess who's coming to Kansas City got his name and yet matter of fact you still broadcast that today matter of fact on our station now April 5th April 6th at 5 o'clock I didn't care I was trying to cut this up <laughs> okay. I didn't catch that uh, I said right now I said guess Yes, will come to Kansas City right now, start on KKFI. And I'm saying, your president now broadcasting on our station now, Emissary at 5 p.m. or 5 to 6 Emissary on our station here. Right. Uh, what happened? Uh, we, have, we have different changes of guests who's coming to Kansas City. At that time, uh, it was KKFI, and uh, that didn't happen. So, the best thing ever happened to us when we left them or they left us and we moved to Ferguson, USA, Hot Talk Radio. But we've been in existence going on 35 years and we have uh, the oldest radio station doing that. But we had other people like in Philadelphia, people that when Will Smith just kid uh, and Anybody who was anything about radio and TV, we had we would touch base with them normally when we used to meet with the uh, National Black Media Coalition. Uh, and basically, it was in Washington D.C., but we were in Houston. We were down in New Orleans on the canal and what have you, and we could uh, we continued to grow and like now. What has happened, a lot of people are really benefited because of just the inkling, if that's correct, about that. That made it. We had a lot of situations uh, that a lot of people went through. When we had the workshops and things like that, 
and they would, uh, their peers, they would get in the media and they would go another direction. They didn't just stick with the organization. And, but uh, we know now how it really got started. And a lot of people, but you, you spoke of Tim Richardson. It was a young lady that was uh, Tim Richardson's secretary by the name of Chi Williams. Oh, Chi yeah. Williams went on to New York. She went on national. She was the one uh, for really paving the road for Jesse Jackson here in Kansas City. When she and her family got in with Jesse Jackson, then he became a person that was very much accepted here. Then you know how far he went from Kansas City and the other parts of the world. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Now you understand why I said I'm in your own time, okay? And I'm just happy to know I caught you call your friend. You know, and like even this afternoon at 5 o'clock, um, we will be on the air together at 5 p.m. today. So it's one of the well, who I guess what today's program. Yeah, we got a tremendous show uh, planned, and we covered different parts of the country. And we plan to, uh, we're talking about Kingfish, Oklahoma. And we're talking about Kansas City. We're talking about people who was once the president of all the black cosmetologists in the nation. And we hopefully will be talking to her and people here. Uh, she's a kingfisher now. And we plan, we got a, a big uh, family reunion called the Salas Slash Salas. It'll be in the, on the Black Wall Street and um, well, also the Black Wall Street. It'll be the Cherokee Nation, their uh, uh, reservation, their casino, the picnic, and we're really planning, and that's growing. And hopefully we'll, it'll grow even further and inspire more people throughout. And we'll be broadcasting live that same that we also that we can also from the USA how you dot com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Richard, I want to thank you for your time. As I got you know, enlighten us a little bit on history about communication in general. Okay, so I was matter of fact, so right now, I want to thank you for joining us. I will be talking to you very shortly. Okay, and but thank you so much for giving us the time today. Well, it's our pleasure, sir. Well, I uh, thank you, sir, and I wish you to be very short. Okay. Bye-bye now. Bye. Okay. Okay, I'm back now with uh, uh, lots of people like you and comrades, and we have had a interesting show today, gentlemen, would you say so? Absolutely.
didn't have much information. We have had two legends today on our program that uh, have changed our industries in each case for the better, you know. And that's one thank you. But also now, I like to uh, raise the fact that this coming this on August, you know, right here, where we have our national, uh, national, uh, I'm to conference in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, for the, uh, for the uh, National Activity Commerce and for the uh, National Business League and also for the uh, Congress of Black Mayors and also for uh, the uh, Black Business Association. We meet in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, I'll be in Tennessee today. That's why Chucky Bowl, who is the CEO of the Black of Commerce, is uh, traveling to Atlanta today. That's why he's not on the air today. He be joining join us join us uh next week or so, but uh, I want to thank Mr. Richard for stepping in. But uh right now the conference right now, okay, you know, we're looking forward to it. And uh and you know, but a lot is going on in in, 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 in you know, in our community right now, in media right now. As we all are aware, uh uh Supreme Court has made a lot of changes that's been detrimental to the black community, in my opinion. Uh, when it was the uh, recent decision they have made, and I think right now uh, that's why you know it's worth you this is just adversarity, and our program can also be be uh, found on, on YouTube, Twitch, and as, uh, uh, also on Twitch, and also on Spotify, and also on any most of your podcasts. Just have putting in lunch with the Millennium Commerce. That's lunch with the Millennium Commerce. Lunch with the Millennium Commerce. Uh, and you can get us, you know, our programs, you know, for, you go back for years and years and, and keep abreast of what we be doing. But, Rev, what are your thoughts on today's program? On the money. Well, uh, Rev, I, I, I think that goes to say, along with your, with your message today, that you was very much on the money. And also, uh, in regards to our conference that we have in Atlanta, um, uh, you're welcome to attend. Uh, you can go to go to the uh, look it up, find out about it by, go, by going online. Uh, you can Google it, uh, and that will be here that for right here. And right now, uh, this is something that all three organizations I just mentioned to you. Uh, we're all uh, created in the vein about somebody related to Booker Washington, uh, who created so many, so many different things, okay, that we, that we take for granted today. And so this is why this conference that we have right now, okay, kind of, it, it's going to be a very beautiful uh, week that we're going we're gonna to have. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a tour to the, uh, by Booker uh, T. Washington, uh, trusting your tour. Uh, we have a black tie uh, award scale. I mean, also this is going to be for businesses and, and uh, businesses. Uh, we have a, a buyer, supplier, mismatch, and, and, and an expo going to be available to us. And also, we have some uh, Fortune 500 connections available, available to attendees. And also, we have some network opportunities. And of course, here that's going to be very, very important. Okay, that we have input, export. Commerce and trade, kind of discussions and workshops. And this is just, just the uh, coming together of all these organizations. And we, right now, this is the largest 
this country's the nation's largest conference of black business in the in United States history right now. We and we're all coming together now you know, for the one umbrella. Uh, we're not trying to, you know, uh, you know, challenge each other but work together as a team. And I'm happy to say that uh, our leader, Jackie Bowe, has been very instrumental in putting this together along with uh, his other you know, uh, leaders from other organizations. And we just really proud, okay, to say uh, this is coming together. And naturally, uh, we'll be giving more information uh, and having some of this of the guests will be attended there as guests on our program p 9 But right now, on that note, I'm going to tell you, uh, thank you for joining lunch with the Dermot Team Congress for a beautiful Saturday afternoon. You're going to see the same woods, and not the same woods, but Fergus, Missouri, all of Missouri, and also uh, from down in Texas, and also from Kansas City. Our program, on any given Saturday, you're going to learn something you did not know before. On that note, my name is Alan for our folks here with the Russian Congress, and that's Reverend Alan Lyles. Amen. I'm sure with you, Joe King. And that's uh, Scott Owens, general manager, CEO, and all that, and all of Ferguson USA Hot And also, and, and what's the real estate company, Scott, that you, that you have also that you work with? Uh, well, I'm a part of the HSG uh, real estate uh, company downtown St. Louis. Uh, I specialize in leases. All right, I'm part of the HSG uh, Hun Sharp Group uh, uh, real estate business over in, Wa in on uh, 1305 Washington Avenue in St. Louis. I do specialize in leases, and I'm a military relocation professional. One thing he said in his real estate field, okay, uh, uh, he specialized in leasing also. Now, the people who sell, he does sales and leasing. That's very important, okay? And like I said, now, okay, I say he's a veteran, a Reverend Lyle, veteran. Uh, MC Richard was a veteran, so I'm, uh, I'm a son of a veteran. But uh, right now, we're going to call it a day and a week. Thank you for joining us, much in coverage. For a beautiful set of snow, we can be heard again tomorrow at 1 p.m. to 3 in Ferguson, USA, hotfathers.com. And also again on Wednesday. Thank you for joining us. My name is Al Fonte Scott Desrep. I'll be going to talk to you again next week. I'll take it out of here. Amen.